Blog Talk Radio. Listen to their struggles as they turn them into triumphs. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories. So sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. Welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio. We are in their city with our passports and tickets ready. Of course, I am your host, George Alonzo. Welcome to another great episode. And of course, I can't even get any further because contract states I have to respectfully introduce <laughs> this man. <sighs> Guys, please welcome the man that brings the ratings, the guy that backs up every dollar that's spent. The man that brings the law, the man that basically is the reason why the show... Wait a minute, what? what's the... Se- I am not saying the sentence. Say it! The reason why the show is on the air today, the law, Ray Ramundo. How, how are you doing? Uh, perfection to my ears. At least one thing goes right in these last three days. I'm doing just fine, George. How are you? Uh, I'm doing a lot better than you uh, because uh, you lost so much money over the weekend. It's that's ridiculous. You know, it's funny <laughs> though. I'm bet I just bet one week's check from Wrestle City Radio, something you couldn't afford to do. So it's okay. I just got to say you. one thing. In the words of Conor McGregor, talk to me with it. <laughs> well, guys, welcome to another edition, like I said, of Wrestle City Radio. Guys, we have a great show here lined up for you. We are going to be talking a lot of topics, including Triple Mania over the past weekend. We're oh, also God, gonna... a very controversial Triple Mania. Yep. We're also going to be talking a little bit about, of course, Mayweather and McGregor. Uh, we're going to shoot a little bit from the hip when it comes to that. We're also going to be talking about Braun Strowman. And as well, we're also going to be talking about the May Young Classic that debuted today on the WWE Network. But aside from all of that, folks, we are also going to be welcoming our special guest. He is the current XCW Super Junior Heavyweight Champion, and he was the first ever Party Hard Wrestling Multiverse Champion, and he's a very dedicated father. I'm talking about the 8-bit warrior, Nick Tendo, will be here on the show, not to be mistaken by the, <laughs> of course, uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> the old Nintendo system. Nick Tendo will be... I'm sorry, that's be... the first thing I thought of when you said 8-bit, then Nick Tendo, I'm like, wait, Nintendo? Is that Bandai on this? <laughs> I said pay, the... They must pay them more than me. <laughs> well, the like I, like I said, the 8-bit warrior, okay? So... 
Guys, oh, like I said, we have a lot to talk about today, so let's get started. Of course, uh, Ray, when, uh, when you and I were off the air, you were foaming at the mouth because you were literally wanting to, wanted to start talking about Triple Mania. Let's start talking about Dr. Wagner. Finally, after many, many years of the, in the business, 35 Dr. Wagner, years of yep, that mask. Over, yes, over 30 years, of course, 35, like you say, Ray, uh, you know, wearing that mask, he finally loses it to another legend in Psycho Clown of the Psycho Circus over at Triple Mania this weekend. And by all means, uh, you have like 50% of fans going crazy about it, saying Dr. Wagner should have never lost the mask. And then you got another 50% saying, thank you, Dr. Wagner, for your time. And it was a fantastic farewell. So, Ray, what do you think? Do you think this is the final farewell of Dr. Wagner? I say in wrestling, it's never truly a farewell because Terry Funk is one to prove it. He's never going to retire until the day he dies. But sure. I, it truly is an honor to see him after so many years. The mask is the, one, is the thing that tells the story for wrestling especially Lucha Libre and AAA, it's something, tu máscara es tu honor. That's your honor right there. So giving the push to Psycho Clown, deciding, you know what, it's time, 35 years. His son is competing now. His son, el hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr., him crying and just tearing up about thinking, man, my father actually did it. And it's like, at the same time, you're sad that no, he shouldn't do it. But, hey, the guy's done his career. It's a Hall of Fame career in a sense. It's an honor to even see that match happen. A such controversial card that we're going to talk about in a bit. But, hey, true props to Dr. Wagner Jr. I couldn't say that I didn't cheer up watching that. Yeah, as a matter of fact, when they panned out to the entire uh, Arena Mexico, uh, you would see kids, uh, kids who, who you would have think or thought, hey, they don't know who Dr. Wagner is because Dr. Wagner's been in the business for, like you said, Ray, for 35 years. You saw yeah. kids, adults, teenagers, you know, crying when Dr. Wagner won. For Christ's sake, when Dr. Wagner hit his two drivers on Psycho Clown, people were in awe that Psycho Clown kicked out of it twice. All right? Yeah, so, the Wagner man, driver, usually people don't kick out. So, shoo, this was a match that's like, oh, my God, this told the story. They gave everything in there. Which yep. just makes it that much perfect. Exactly. And, and mind you, so when Psycho Clown came back all bloodied and, and hit, of course, his finish, and you got the one, two, three, what made it even more epic was that the count was slow. So it made you feel every second of that count. So mind yep. you, it, to me, it was emotionally very well brought uh, to the fans, to even people watching it. But here's another thing about Triple, uh, triple A, Triple Mania. Uh, there's another topic that also went negative, and this is something that you want to talk about. I, I refuse to hit the subject. Uh, We're talking about it, George. I'm not Wait, talking about it. Before we even mention that, before we mention that, before we mention what every worker is talking about, what every person in this business is talking about, I just want to mention this. That was interesting to see the commentary team for the show. I have no be. I have. It's, I love Kevin Gill. Loves IC, ICP. It's just interesting that Kevin Gill was the announcer for this show. To me, it was just interesting. Oh, like Lord. I see some people start critiquing his work and everything. I'm like, to me, I have no problem with the guy. It's just learn a little more of the lucha libre style. Vampiro is the one that usually does 
the translating, he does both, if anything, because Vampiro knows the language. It's just, I understand the barrier there. But it's the same thing when Jim Roth went to Japan. It's reasonable for them to get stuff wrong. Off there is a little more foaming in the mouth, but I realize, again, they're American, Canadian, whatever. It happens. Now, to move on to the controversial subject that, George, we're going to talk about, to move on to the next subject of the May Young Classic, because this woman was known to be one of the Women's Revolution members, being she's one that wanted to fight the guys. She's a boxer, and, and if anything, as well. Sexy star pulling a shoe during her match with Rosemary. George, well, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, I, I, mine are just, I'm pissed. Well, okay. What are your you thoughts? Want me, I, I'm personally going to go with this. I'm not I'm not sexy star. I'm not also going to give her a reason for what she did. There was no reason for what she did. Okay? If this is really what it is. There there's no reason. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to give her an excuse. But you also have to look back at this and say what started this anger in sexy star? And if you look very closely in the early parts of the match, they all she also had a shoot with Lady Shani. And uh, basically, I feel like the anger kind of like overwhelmed her, and, and it, she took it out on on Rosemary. Now, mind you, again, does that excuse her for what she did? Of course not. You know, does it give her a reason to do it to Rosemary? Of course not. As a matter of fact, it went as far as as saying that <clears throat> that Vampiro, once he got a hold of these ladies in the backstage. Uh, I'm talking about, of course, Sexy Star and Rosemary, that Vampiro forced Sexy Star to apologize to Rosemary, where Rosemary then later on her Twitter said that she was full of it. So, mind you, and on top of that, right after the apology, they had to evacuate uh, Sexy Star from the arena because according to reports, uh, Lady Shani was looking for her to continue the fight. So it was a very, very heated situation. Again, there was no right. Just because you had beef with someone else and you had to take it out on someone, that gives you no right to take it out on anybody. When you're in that ring, you're protecting one another. You're building trust with a person you're not supposed to know. And they are giving you that trust. Then once you break that trust, trust me when I say, it's never coming back. So do I... Do I excuse Sexy Star for this? No. But you also have to see where this possibly started. Okay. For those that didn't know those facts, I knew I heard about that happening before. So thank you, George, for bringing that up for fans to get to perspective. But still, to that degree, you still don't do it in the ring. If anything, if you're cheated, okay, do it in the back. I've seen this happen on indie shows. Work is a little heated. Okay, you handle the argument in the back. When you're in the ring, you're trusting your body with someone you may not even know from anywhere. You don't know them. You just know, okay, we're going to work. We're going to have a good match, entertain the crowd. Triple Mania for AAA is their biggest show of the year. This is a big stage. This had American talent on. This had the AAA talent on. This was their stage to put on a great women's match and prove why they can hang with the guys. For her to pull out a stunt like this that could not have only just seriously injured Rosemary, but again, it just 
makes it so horrible to look at because it's like this was such an honored card. Had the Dr. Wagner segment. It's like, what are you doing? No matter who she got into the altercation with earlier, it was no use to do that then. Look at all the, the tweets happening now. Everyone is blaming her, and it's just blackballed the hell out of her career right now. She right now is going to go down as an unsafe worker because if that's the case that she was angered by someone else, then who's going to want to work with her? Because what if it happens again? She had an arm bar. That move, there's so many ways to pull it off in a match. But again, you can crank an arm back, and there it goes. She dislocated her arm, luckily. It wasn't a broken arm. I've had a dislocation myself, and I know, depending on how severe it is, it can get better quickly. She'll be able to get back to the ring. But it's still, it leaves that in the back of her head now. Now that's, that's even psychotic thing. Now Rosemary has to think, who am I stepping in the ring with? You never want to have fear to be in the ring and say, can I trust in wrestling? I, I, We're all, it's a brotherhood. So it's like sisterhood, brotherhood, it's a whole family in the back. So it's like, it kind of hurts. You know? No, I and again I agree with what you're saying, and and again I'm not excusing Sexy Star for anything that she did because the blame is on her. At the end of the day, she is the controller of whatever she's doing. As a matter of fact, uh, you know another thing that uh, Rosemary mentioned on her tweet was that you know when you're cranking on an arm, you know what you're doing in there, so it's not like you didn't. Like, you know that move is a very dangerous move. And basically, again, that doesn't excuse uh, Sexy Star whatsoever. You did what you did. You did what you did. There's no talking out of it. There's none. There's nothing you could say right now that could possibly save your career. Practically, Sexy Star created career suicide at Triple Mania. And she succeeded. In career suicide, there is no one that. What's wants funny to is that wasn't she retired for a while? She announced she, her retirement. She was going to go back to boxing. And yeah, she what did. Happened? Yeah, she <laughs> did mention. She did mention. Yes, you're right. She did mention that she was retiring from the world of professional wrestling to enter the boxing ring. She had, I believe, one or two professional fights, and then she came back, and then she pissed off Daya Valkyrie. <laughs> so. So basically, oh, well, I, this was this very controversial thing that happened at Triple Mania, but to go on with actual great news of women's wrestling, today was the start of, not even the start, it was the release, because this was pre-recorded of the Mae Young Classic. First episode, four episodes were released earlier today, and George, I was speaking with you earlier that for the first two that I got to see, they were amazing. This is something good you get to see. That from that deeming of women's action to now the women's revolution of, hey, there's a whole tournament now honoring Mae Young, a great woman in wrestling history. And now the whole tournament that now it's been announced. Well, it's speculated. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's fully announced yet that the NXT women's champion will be crowned in the finals of the Mae Young class. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, let me let me talk a little bit about this. Personally, I feel like what the WWE did was smart, obviously, by throwing out the first four episodes. Now, do you think, do I think uh, it was a great timing? No, because here, and hear me out, hear me out why I'm going to say why it's not great timing. Because now that they released the first four episodes of the Mae Young Classic, 
and knowing that Raw is hurting so badly for ratings, what do you think is going to happen when people get off of work? They're not going to go home and watch Raw now. They're going to watch the Mae Young Classic. So no, I they feel- get the perfect thing, though, George, because they release it during lunch. So they're expecting, okay, I'm going to start watching it that hour, and then the rest are released after Raw. So they're smart with, okay, we're going to give you a taste, then after Raw, watch the rest. Like, to me, I think I'd rather have seen them go the route of the Cruiserweight Classic, uh, where they showed the episodes right after, what was it? I believe it was Raw, right? Or SmackDown? That they played I think the- it was every, every Tuesday after SmackDown, before there was an even a 205. That was literally what they did. They, yeah, they but- wanted to check out, was there a 205? Yeah, but that's the thing. That's, that was the way I was expecting the Mae Young Classic. Not because, again, I'm not doubting. I'm actually a fan of the Mae Young Classic either way, whether I watch it before, after, whatever. I'm all for these women. Hey, the revolution is finally here. Finally. But basically what I'm saying is this. Now, you know, whereas the Cruiserweight Classic, when they aired that, People were focused on SmackDown. People were focused on Raw. They were like, oh, my God, cool. We get to watch Raw or SmackDown. And then let's go on and turn on our WWE Network and watch the Cruiserweight Classic. In this case, people are going to watch the Mae Young Classic over Raw or SmackDown because they have four episodes. Enough episodes to cover the three hours of Raw. So that's why I'm saying it's like, I feel like they should have gone a different route. That, I'm not, again, I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying that I feel like they should have waited till after Raw went off the air. That's all. Yeah, I think that was what they wanted to do. But usually, I think with the network, what they do is they set it to release. And the network, once it's already up, I think it starts to release it no matter what. Like with NXT, I remember there was a time that they would pre-enter NXT for a certain time. And it would start before the designated time. You can see NXT like around 5 o'clock on the day. And it's like, uh, this isn't the time that's supposed to play. So I'm not sure if that was a network error or something. Usually, I would agree with you. Yes, they should do it so people are watching it right after Raw instead of, oh, wait, I have either or now. Do I really want to watch Raw or do I want to watch this tournament that's looking so great? So we'll have to wait and see. The numbers will, will tell this week. How yep, that affected Raw and SmackDown. And hopefully it doesn't piss off Vince. Even though he just tweeted saying that binge-worthy is an understatement. He just tweeted that out when it comes to the <coughs> May Young Classic. So uh, as, as long as someone's not saying, hey, it's great to watch uh, Netflix and chill, then I have to say stop right there. <laughs> May <laughs> Young so Classic you, is not... Before we do get to our, our guest, George, what are your predictions for this tournament? Do you have I, any... Who's going to the finals, George? I'm Kyrie Zane is my number one pick to win this entire thing. But personally, I want to see either Kyrie going one on one in the finals against either Shayna Brasler or, of course, uh, Mercedes Martinez. Either way, okay. great match. Great match. Uh, before we get to our guests, I'll just do our, my four picks. Did not give you any time to call me biased because yes, they are four local New York tri-state area wrestlers. I have to go with Mercedes Martinez, Mia Yim, a.k.a. Jade for those TNA fans, Candice LeRae, and Kimberly. You're biased. Oh, I even forgot one more. A local Bronx girl, Marty Bell. One of them. One of those five is going to win. Those are my picks. You're biased. All New Yorkers. 
As a matter of fact, Marty Bell, like it, you, you, you felt like crying when you saw Marty Bell being introduced, like during the uh, introductions of the 32, uh, 32 competitors. You wanted to cry when you saw Marty Bell because, th- like, you saw every other woman smiling, going, like, th- cheering and doing their thing. But when Marty Bell was called up to the middle of the ring, you saw emotion in that girl's face, and you just felt so happy for her. That was ridiculous. I I, 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 just, I just wanted to throw that one out there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and reach out to our guest of the evening, the 8-Bit Warrior, Nick Tendo. Nick with a K, by the way. Hello, this is Nick. Hello, Mr. Tendo. How are you, sir? Hey, doing good. How you doing? Good, good. This is George and Ray Ramundo from Russell City Radio. How are you? Doing great. How you guys doing? I can't complain, man. I'm just here uh, <laughs> enjoying a good show and, and ready to talk some gaming inspiration with you and, and wrestling, of course. So, oh, right on, what, man. Hey, I'm, I'm all for you there. I'm, I'm on the same page. <laughs> so, first and foremost, Mr. Tendo, I want to say thank you very much uh, for taking your time to come on our show. Uh, of course, a lot of people don't understand this, but when it comes to professional wrestling, it's not just a weekend job. It's a seven-day-a-week job where you guys constantly train, make sure you're ready for your next match, et cetera, et cetera. So tell us, how, how are you feeling right now? Like, how is it going when it comes to uh, your training and, of course, uh, your wrestling career as we speak? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I just finished my second leg day training regimen today. I actually, I'm actually trying out a new gym. I'm kind of switching in between right now. Um, there's a gym closer to where I, I actually currently reside here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, here in the southwest. Of course, home of Breaking Bad, where that was filmed and stuff. Um, yeah, so this is where I, I live in the dirty south, man. This is where I'm from. And uh, every day, man, we got to stay at at our most physical top peak we can and you know that's just one of those things that we need to do training of course dieting i started a new diet and let me tell you i hate it but <laughs> it helps out in the long run so you know i gotta do what like, i gotta do man what what has been in that case uh, mr tendo what has been the the strongest sacrifice because again we we all like what i call it they're called sac- i call them sacrifices because technically you're you're sacrificing your body your soul your mind to make sure that, A, that those people that are sitting there watching you, cheering for you, that they're leaving entertained. And in order to do that, you need to sacrifice your time, your body, your mind, your soul in order to do such things. What has been your strongest or hardest sacrifice yet? Honestly, um, I love doing it. So working out isn't an issue. I can, I can, I could give up that time to do so. Um, you know, devoting time, especially to watching back tape of old wrestling matches I've had, you know, just making sure that I'm learning from my past mistakes, getting better, you know, as any independent and as well as any professional wrestler on TV can relate to, you know, that's something we do, but the biggest, hardest sacrifice, and you're probably going to just take this as a total shocker or take it as a relatable sense. I gave up pizza for all, like, I haven't had it in four weeks. And yeah, it's it's miserable, but that's, I got to say, man, like I could watch my son. He loves pizza and he enjoys it for both of us. And uh, I'm sitting there with my, uh, my cold chicken and brown rice. And uh, let me tell you, oh my gosh. I can uh, agree with that one. (laughs) Oh yeah. Most definitely. 
were you a pure cheese guy or what, pepperoni, Hawaiian? As a matter of fact, uh, this is a two-part question because we have to end this controversy, uh, Mr. Tendo. Uh, of course, okay. what, was your, what was your topping? But to end the controversy, do you think pineapple should be on pizza? <laughs> you know what, man? I, I, I grew up with pineapple on pizza. It was my brother's favorite. He was an older brother. We had to, we had to make do with what he picked. You know, he, he was the oldest, so whatever he said went when my parents were ordering pizza. They ordered two kinds. They ordered the traditional regular pepperoni, and then they said, okay, what do you guys want besides that? And my brother would be like, pepperoni, uh, 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 pineapple and pepperoni before anyone else could speak. But if I could pick for the rest of my life, um, pepperoni and mushroom, man, you know. I'm not going to knock pineapples on pizza. It's not bad, but it's not my go-to. So. Uh. <laughs> Well, for everyone that's now questioning about the pineapples on pizza, now we heard it straight from Mr. Nick Tendo. Uh, now, <laughs> mind you, I, like when you were kind of warning us there, like, oh, you might say that this is a funny excuse or what have you. I was about to say, oh, my God, he better not say that he's cutting down on his gaming. <laughs> like, oh, uh, gosh, no, man. That's that's how I stay on my tip-top, like, physical and mental shape, man. I got to stay, <laughs> stay constantly on edge. I got to keep my – you know, my competitive edge on, you know, and very sharp, you know, all, all the video games, man, me and my son, we love playing, you know, we just play Minecraft. We, we do all the races and challenges on there. Um, speaking of races, I play a Grand Theft Auto five online, Xbox one. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's oh, pretty come fun. On, Xbox one. Come on. PS4, man. Really? PS4. <laughs> yeah. PS4 is all right. You know, they got the built-in Blu-ray cap- capability, but I haven't played since PS2, man. But if it wasn't oh. for the PlayStation 2, I never would have played Grand Theft Auto 3. So I owe a lot to Sony for making the PlayStation console. So I, I love them both. But if I had to pick, Super Nintendo had a lot of good hits. Uh, Super Mario World. You know, I could play that one forever. Well, well, mind you, one thing I wanted to bring up, Mr. Tendo, because a lot of people don't see that every day, like in the pro wrestling world. As a matter of fact, the last time I ever saw a kind of like a gamer gimmick, and I'm not even going to call your situation a gimmick because it is who, who you are. You're just a avid gamer. Um, last time I ever saw something like you was of course the super smash brothers in player uno. And of course uh, uh, his tag team partner. Uh, oh yeah. Player, yeah. Uh, player uno went on to go do his own thing. So what I wanted to say is like, what makes you different from them? Like, if you don't like to kind of sell you in this point, like what makes you so different from the Super Smash Brothers? I, I, honestly, well, that's the thing. I don't want to veer away from being too different because in a way we're paying, paying tribute to like a big part of everyone's childhood, especially in our generation. Um, and that's something that I love to pay homage to. Like, I like, I'd like to be able to tell everybody, you know, like I like gaming as much as I like pro wrestling. And, you know, I'm sure that you ask them the same thing. They're going to say, Oh man, they have the exact same passion for both. And they're able to like combine it. Um, I guess the biggest difference is, you know, I, I never settled on just staying within a tag team. You know, I've, I've tagged with multiple people and don't get me wrong, it's not that it didn't work out. It's just, like, I've always, you know, been put in singles matches. And I guess my biggest, you know, like, my biggest difference is just always being, like, a singles wrestler, man. I've always flown yeah. solo. And I was, I w- it was rare that I actually went into a multiplayer situation in, in regards to the squared circle. But let me tell you, if I had to, I, you know, I'm very adaptable with anyone I, t- I team with. So, you know, it's never been an issue either way. But that's my biggest difference. 
I dare ask you, has there ever been a situation where you're working in front of a crowd and of course you're doing your, uh, your, your, your stuff, your gaming stuff, like your, your moves inside the ring and you probably shout out a couple things from video games. Have you ever had a situation where a crowd or a certain fan is like, where the, where's that from? <laughs> You know, like, I've yelled out references. Like, I think one time during a match, I referenced uh, Ace Attorney, uh, Phoenix Wright. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I, like, I stopped somebody in the, middle of, like, in the middle of the match. Like, they were running at me, and I just stuck my hand out, and I said, objection, like, real loud. And everybody just kind of – some people popped. Everybody was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Is this Judge Judy? What's going on? And um, – but that was something that, like, you know, I, I always kept that to, like, a minimum, you know, in regards – because I've always been, like, you know, like, I like to – I like to sell being like a very competitive person, you know, like when you're playing with your friend, you know, in the living room and you guys were playing, you know, multiplayer, you know, you got to, you got to stay focused. And I always wanted to come off as like being like, oh man, he's going to do everything he can to win. And, but I've yelled things here and there. Like, I think one time I, I, I did like a springboard drop kick and I yelled like, here we go, you know, and <laughs> it's always different. Like it's a spur of the moment. Like I like to throw things out there and, uh, but uh, fans have been very receptive to that, and I, I'm glad that I could bring some nostalgia with that. So it's it's always cool to do that. <clears throat> and mind you, the, the in that case, like I I see kind of video games and professional wrestling almost like the same thing, where is pure competition if you think about it. Whether you're playing single player, you're competing against the boss of each level. Whereas if you're playing multiplayer, you know you're competing against your fellow players online in Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. What, 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 like you being an avid gamer and of course a pro wrestler, what, how would you compare the two or, or am I hitting a, a home run here on, on that comparison? No, you, you said it spot on and I, I totally have to agree with you. Yeah. It's always been like the, 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 it's, 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 the, 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 the one primary thing I could pull from both worlds is the creativity that comes with like making strategy and such. So it's like, it's always ideal that like, it's always going to be different, you know, and then like every time you play a game, for instance, no matter how many times you play that game, you know, it's always going to be a new experience, you know, same thing with wrestling, you know, like you have a match every single time. Um, They, you know, they, they have you wrestle a guy multiple times and feuds and stuff. And it's always different. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta change it up. And that's what they do in video games, you know, you know, guaranteed there's going to be a little bit different number of enemies, the same thing within the ring, you know, like, you don't know what you, you know, what, you don't know what he's going to do this time. So there's that yeah. big element of surprise with gaming as well as professional wrestling. You never know what's going to happen. Hey, have you ever stolen like a certain move? Like a lot of people love to uh, back in the day, like when I, when I was training, actually, I was guilty as charged. I, I'll, I'll raise my hand to this one and say, I was, I, I did a, sometimes I did it a lot. Uh, actually, I'm not even going to say a few times. I did a, a lot when uh, these wrestling video games would come out, and you know, I would watch the the creative superstar, uh, and I would go through the moves, and I say, hmm, I wonder if I could do that move at training. You know, at, at oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, like uh, that, the, initially, what had happened was funny story. So my finishing move is a variation between the GTS, where it starts off in a fireman carry. And it goes into a code breaker, kind of like a sideways code breaker. But initially, rather than taking it head on, the guy's kind of sideways at you. But, you know, you're, you're throwing your knees. You know, you take a bump, you're throwing your knees up, and then the guy takes it. Boom. Right right into the face, right? Kind of like, you know, code breaker. But yeah. um, the, funny, the funny way I came up with that, I was doing the same exact thing. I was scrolling through finishing moves in the Creator Wrestler. And I don't know how the GTS was so close to the code breaker, but when it happened at, at like, once – 
I wasn't able to do it. Like I was like, okay, so I can't wait to try that. So the next week in training, I was like, hey, I really have an idea for a finisher move. And then of course my my good buddy Super Chaos here in New Mexico uh, trains with me. You know, like he's a solid guy. Helped me come up with it, perfect it. And then uh, when it when I came up with it, it was like, oh, that's that's kind of like, oh, that's a variation of two moves. So right there, I mean, I, I totally knocked off two finisher moves. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, of course, I have the, the second City Saint and uh, and Y2J to thank for that one. So. <laughs> and, and if you don't mind me asking, what, what version of the WWE video game or wrestling video game was that from? Uh, do you recall? Was it a... I think it was uh, Raw versus SmackDown. No, it was like one of the, like the last ones. I think it was a uh, WWE 13 because it was the one oh, wow. where CM Punk was on the front. So that like, honestly, that was the last time I had played a WWE video game. If I could be oh, legitimately wow. honest. Yeah. Oh, well, with that being said, like uh, I have a couple more last questions before we get really inspirational here. And, uh, and Ray Ramundo is ready over there. I, I see him. He's like, oh, God. Uh, but anyway. Oh, yeah. But, bas- but Mr. Tendo, basically, um, you know, during your time training or even going up in the business, you know, of course, you, you have to talk to your trainer, make sure that you're ready and stuff. When you told your trainer, hey, I'm going to be this 8-bit warrior, this, uh, this gamer out there. I'm going to come out with a jacket that looks like the Nintendo controller and, and all that stuff. And, like, were they ever – doubts like from your trainers from your peers like say oh that's just not gonna work no well what's funny was like that how it actually initially happened was i was going to training i had no idea what i was gonna do you know i i was stepping into a world where you know professional wrestling you see these big guys you see big athletes at the time when i started training i was only a buck 40 dude and that was like 40 pounds and seven years ago you know what i mean so i i had no idea what i was gonna do um but they could vouch and say that if you ask super chaos and my other trainer, Dylan stone about every single day after our training regimen, after they dragged me through the mat, you know, they've just showed me every possible way to bend and break a person at the end of the training session. Each time I would kind of talk about like the, the latest video game that came out. And I always seemed to talk about video games and how I collected them and stuff. So like it was our way to relax. And then finally Dylan stone just mentioned, him, you should do like a video gamer gimmick. Cause that's all you talk about, dude. You never shut up about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, what do you, what, what do you think my name could be? And they're like, I don't know. Like what about Nick combat or Nick Contra or Nick Tetris? And then like Luis finally said, like my friend Luis says, why not, why not Nick Tendo? And then every, it was like the epiphany right there, man. And I was like, Wow. And that was like seven, eight months after the fact I had been training. So, it, you know, and then that just goes to show, man, things are just, you know, sometimes lightning will strike or other times it just takes, you know, a few boulders to tumble down a mountain within a month's time, you know. And point is, when it happens, you'll know it happens. And it's so great. And people love it. I mean, they love the idea. And I was showing them my ideas for like gear and stuff. And the concept I had for the jacket was, of course, again, inspired by Chris Jericho. And uh, he just looks so cool walking into the ring in it. And then uh, now I have uh, just my vests now with, like, you know, the, the homage to the NES as well as the Super NES. Yeah. And Super Chaos, when we were in a tag team together, we uh, we dubbed ourselves Super Nintendo. <laughs> so it was, it, was a, it was a play on words. And uh, we, we did the purple and a light gray, you know, gear. It looked very, you know, everybody was like, that's sick, you know. And it was everybody was with an open arms to the idea and, you know, I'm really glad that we stuck with it because I had no idea what I was going to be. I thought I was going to be like this little, this little punk kid, you know, like just 
like wrestler, not saying like a cookie cutter wrestler, but you know, I just, you know, I thought it'd be a little different, you know, but still also paying homage to something I love and being able to bring two worlds together in that sense. It's now an immortal. I mean, all my friends know me as Nintendo. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Well, the, the here's the thing I, I found funny. Actually, it happened earlier with me and Ray, uh, Ray Ramundo over here. Not to throw you under the bus, Ray. I'm just trying to make a funny story out of this. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> no, I just found that funny because when I mentioned the 8-bit warrior Nick Tendo, like, first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, Nintendo? No, man, I'm actually talking about a person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it's like it, it's kind of like rolls off your tongue like hey nintendo oh are we playing the nintendo the 8-bit uh, gaming system yeah i know it's out no man i'm talking about nick like n-i-c-k <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, we're like have you had situations like that where like they they're screaming out your name like in in the middle of no like like your friends for instance like how you said your friends Whoa. know you as nick like, all my friends, you know, like, all the cool dudes will call me, hey, hey, Tendo, or Nick Tendo, or Mr. Tendo, hey, Nick, you know, a lot of people I went to high school with, or, like, so on and so forth, they still call me Nicholas, you know, that was just something that my family called me, and everybody, like, knew me as that, but uh, it's the little kids, mostly, that just, like, like, familiarize me so well with, of course, the classic console, they just call me Nintendo, you know, and it's, <laughs> like, I'm talking not just, like, infants, but, like, kids who are, like, in middle school, they're, like, oh, man, Nintendo was cool, like he's awesome, <laughs> Nintendo, and I'm like, all right, thank you. <laughs> like, you know, and I can't I can say anything. I can imagine the ring announcer messing it up. Just a ring announcer, and now uh, coming to the ring, Nintendo. No, it's Nick. Oh, you know what's funny? That's that's never happened. Like knock on wood, I got to make sure that'll never happen. But <laughs> I write it down for them. I always say Nick. Pause. No, li- not literally pause. Don't say pause. But Nick, there's a pause in the middle. Nintendo, and they're like, oh, so there's, uh, I think I it's, it it's two words, yeah, you know, so that, that actually happened, that conversation did happen, so, it was hilarious. So, oh, um, God. now we're going to enter the inspirational part, and then, Ray, you can take over from here. Uh, one thing, uh, you and I spoke about, Nick, and, and, I, and I made it very, very clear, man, uh, on the flyer, and, and I told you when you and I even set up this interview, that I even got emotional when you told me the story. Um, your oh, yeah, back- yeah, yeah. Like, your backstory is one of the most inspiring, emotional, and motivational stories I've ever, ever seen in the pro wrestling world. And that's saying a lot. And um, oh, I, I don't want to... My pleasure. And I don't want to say the story. I'm going to let you talk the story. But, you know, when you told me that basically the reason why you do what you do today is to show your son, A, never give up. No matter how many times uh, life has thrown you a curveball, never give up. And let me tell you, life threw you one hell of a curveball, and you kept on standing up, smiling, and showing your son never to give up. So, Nick, uh, I'm going to let you have the floor on this because this is a very, very personal and emotional story that I don't want to say because I don't want to mess up any words, but basically Nick, okay. the floor, the floor is yours. Um, inspire others, man, because you have inspired the hell out of me. All right. Yeah, man. Um, I'll take it back as far as, uh, let's say last September, like we'll, we'll say last August, almost a year ago. That's where things were like really taking off for me. I had finished college a year prior. So I was actually hitting a steady course in professional wrestling. I was getting a lot of bookings. 
And uh, I was making my name known, especially not just within Texas, but also within Arizona. Um, uh, within Texas, I was in line. I was one of the contenders for the XCW Super Junior Heavyweight Championship. That was, that was at the time held by Danny G, who is a phenomenal competitor. So me and him had kind of had like a back and forth rivalry there in XCW, which is in El Paso, Texas. Meanwhile, I'm debuting, kind of like showing my worth within AWF. And I was noticed by a promoter by the name of Brandon Brains, who runs Party Hard Wrestling in Mesa, Arizona. Check them out. They have season two starting very soon. Um, so I jumped on the second show for him, and I told him, look, I love the product. They had, like, a cool, like, everybody loves professional wrestling here, no egos, let's do it. And I was like, I want to jump on. But he had already booked the first show and had me wait till the second show. So I literally had a claw to get on that show. He put me within the tournament for the champion of the multiverse. Uh, which is their main title. And this was last uh, September as it's building. Um, everything's going my way. I'm, you know, I'm hitting a steady course. Things are feeling good. Um, it wasn't until November 25th, Black Friday, 2016, I got a call from my son's mom's sister to rush to the hospital within Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, she told me to stay calm, uh, get here as quick as you can. I drove, you know, thinking, oh man, like, it's definitely something wrong with Evan's mom. Like, you know, her, and her name was Lizeth. She was, she's a wonderful person. Um, wore her heart on her sleeve. Was a tremendous person. Um, I got there and her parents who were divorced, who I had never seen before in the same room were embracing each other crying. Her little brother was sitting in the waiting room crying. Her sister greeted me at the front door of the emergency room. And we went straight through those double doors into that unit. And we didn't get very far to where we were escorted into the counseling room. It was there that they told me that uh, she passed away that afternoon in a motorcycle accident caused by uh, drinking and driving. And um, my whole world collapsed because the first thing I knew I had to do was go back home where my son was with my parents uh, and tell them the horrible news that his mom wasn't alive anymore. I had to, I had to sit him down on my lap and tell six-year-old boy that the best part of his life is gone and it was it was nerve-wracking from that day that's when it was three weeks out from my championship match against Danny G and then um and then I think it was a week out from a qualifying match for the finals for the party hard wrestling championship of the multiverse that night was the worst night of my life and I had to go and tell both promoters that I wasn't going to be able to do those shows. I had to step away. I had to think and consider like my life as a single father starts now. I have to be there for my son 24 seven. Within an hour of delivering that news, I got a call from Danny G himself, the man I was going to face within El Paso, Texas for his title. And he told me, look, man, I understand it's hard, but you have to look in consideration that, yeah, you need to take care of Evan. That's understandable. But, you have to you have to understand you're everything he has you're going to be the most motivating moral providing person in his life and you know i understand that you need to take care of him but you know i i sense big things for you man and i was really looking forward to this match because i was going to be facing you and another great competitor in a triple that match for this title and you know if if you bring him down show him why you do what you do show him what kind of hero you can be to him. You know, you're his only parent now. You want him to know you. Like, he didn't say it directly like this, but what I saw it as was like, I don't want my son to think I'm a quitter. 
you know, and I, I was never that way. Like it, the only time I saw it as that option was because I thought I had to take care of him. He even came to me and said, dad, you're not going to stop wrestling. Are you? And I said, well, if you don't want me to, and he says, dad, you got to like, you know, you have, you have big matches coming up. So a week after the accident, I traveled to Mesa, Arizona and qualified in the finals for the party hard wrestling championship of the multiverse. Um, that next week was the funeral for his mom. And I'm still like really battling just like, you know, the emotions of it all. I'm taking it all in. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'm carrying on his mom's memory through my success, you know, and making sure that she knows that we're okay. Um, a week passes by after that from the service and uh, it's, it's El Paso time. You know, it's, I hadn't worked out uh, every, when the accident happened, time stopped still. I wasn't eating. I jumped off my diet. I was just, I wasn't even eating. I was, I was, I was sulking. Um, my son was just crying every single day and night because his mom was gone. And then, you know, getting there to El Paso wrestling and then uh, coming out triumphantly as the, as the, as the XCW super junior heavyweight champion. And that was the first singles title that I had ever held. And, uh, you could, you could have sworn that if it was written down or something that my son's mom always told me, like, as long as you keep doing what you're doing, show Evan why you do it, because I want him to have a dad who has a superhero. And we were co-parents, you know, we were, we were very much on the same page. So, you know, although we weren't together when everything happened, we still had the same bond of loving our son so much. And then a month later, it was January 13th, and that was Party Mania, Party Hard Wrestling's premier event. It's, of course, synonymous with WrestleMania, you know, as is to WWE. I was in the main event. It was the finals for the championship of the multiverse, and I I walked away with that title, too. And when I I brought the title home to Evan, unfortunately, he couldn't go to that show because of the adult setting it provides. Um, the, The eyes on his head just opened up with glee they glowed and for that brief moment in time from that point on I knew everything was going to be okay and he knew everything was going to be okay because I'm his dad and you know being able to have that honor and privilege is something that carries me forward every single day I'm sorry guys but um what I can take into consideration is this like if I if I look back if I would have stopped wrestling you know I wouldn't have inspired so many people and I got to have these forums like this telling me, you know, like, hey, man, spread your message, dude, because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who lose loved ones and then they just give up. And it's, 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 you got to take into consideration, is that something that that loved one would have wanted? Like, I don't think she would have wanted me to gain like 400 plus pounds, you know, eating Little Caesars every day with my son because I had to take care of him. And he gets to come with me on these wrestling shows. So we have like the time of our lives. And, you know, he misses his mom periodically, but I told him as long as he holds her, you know, memory within his heart tight, he can never go wrong. He can never do wrong. And he's a good kid. He started second grade three weeks ago, and, you know, he's he's loving life, you know, as much as he can, as his mom would want him to. And his mom would be pretty upset, like, if he was even sad <laughs> for anything. And, you know, and the fact of the matter is, guys, you got to just keep doing what you got to do, man. And when the when the sea gets stormy, you got to keep sailing. Am I right? No, completely, a hundred percent. And as a matter of fact, one of the things that I, I would take, like almost like a uh, a wrestling Mona Lisa, is uh, the one picture that you shared with me actually uh, when you told me the story that you sent to me. That was in the middle of the ring. I don't know what belt it was, but basically you're on your knees 
and your son is right there in front of you, and you're holding the belt right in front of him. And it's like that was that was that was the first title. That was the XCW Super Junior Heavyweight Championship. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, mind you, that like to me, that was almost like a wrestling's Mona Lisa uh, picture because it was gorgeous. Like you don't see that. Thank it, you, man. It's, and mind you, again, I, I've spoken to you on a personal level, Nick. And this is not even like a journalist to wrestler. This is person to person, man. Like, you are one of the most inspiring people I've ever had the honor of talking to on this show. And just the fact you. that you, my pleasure, and just the fact that you were able to open up to this story, such a hard-hitting story to the heart, that, that shows you and the world how strong you are, okay? <clears throat> and, and my condolences, of course, to you for, for your wife, for the mother of of your son to your, to, you know, to the entire family of her, uh, you know, of her passing. But let me just say this. And I think I could talk to for Ray Ramundo. And I think I could talk for everyone behind the scenes, Nick Tendo. We all love you here on Russell city radio. This is your city, but we're in it and we're your family now. And we love you very much. And we are very highly motivated by your story. I really appreciate that, man. And I, I, from the bottom of my heart, that means a lot. I appreciate your condolences and, you know, and I'm always there, man. Like sometimes like I get the occasional fan who'll write in who just says hi and doesn't ask me anything. But I mean, if you're a genuine person who wants to take time out of their day, who are just struggling and just are lost and you need advice, you guys could hit me up on my Facebook page. My name is Nintendo. You know, of course, like I should be using it to like promote bookings and stuff. Like, so if you guys ever want to have me, you know, you know where to find me on Facebook, just send me a direct message. But, um, you know, just for people who are dealing with like the, the loss of a loved one, you know, or, or somebody battling addiction or anything, man, like I've, from what I've taken into consideration, I've had a very keen sense of being able to speak to people from like, you know, heart to heart. And I don't know if it's just because of my own English or anything, but I just want to reassure people that life, you know, will happen whether you like it or not, it'll move right around you. And it's our, it's, you know, it's how we perceive things, you know, like, you know, like if something bad happens to us, you know, are we going to be like, Oh, that sucks. My life's over. Or, Hey, that sucks, but I better do this differently because I can't do this this way now. You know, there's always a way, there's always a will to proceed. There's always a route. There's, there's, there's really, you know, as far as metaphors go, there's no such thing as a dead end, you know, mm-hmm. you know, as long as my heart still beats within my chest, you know, I, I have a will and way, you know, and then nothing's going to stop me to prove my, my son that he's got the dad who tries the hardest. And I'm not saying I'm the best dad because there's people out there who have like eight plus kids who are like, you know, working nine to five and their dads, there are even moms out there who are doing that stuff, man. And, to say that I'm the best parent I can be is really unjustified, but Evan will tell you that I'm probably the best dad he has. So, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty damn good for me. So you guys, you have been amazing. Well, thank you very much for those nice words, Nick. Have you ever, um, like, uh, just asking, like, because a lot of people, when, when they get hit with such emotional, like, things in their life like this, they decide, hey, after I heal, I'm going to go ahead and speak to uh, – uh, to depression groups or like to uh, to people that have lost family members. I know, like like you were just saying, you're offering to speak to anyone that messages you. But have you ever been up to like maybe going to a group and talking for antidepressing or or people who have lost loved ones? Have you ever been open to such projects like that? 
I would love to do that, honestly, because like I see so many same of the same like-minded people who, who had this like passion, this admiration for a loved one. And it was all cut short due to, due to their passing. And, you know, there's a lot of like resolution still involved with that. I mean, there's people who have so many unsung unsaid things that they have for their loved ones that they never got to tell them. And, you know, I just, you know, like, and that's crossed my mind many times and, I've always been there for people when I can be or when I'm able to. And I feel like that would be cool. Someday I'd like to do that, you know, being able to just do a guest speaking spot somewhere where I could talk about, you know, like how I dealt with it as a father. But I like, hopefully with my son, the way he handles himself, I could see him progressing and doing wonderful things. You know, I got a, I got an honor roll student, man, you know, and this is like, you know, after the fact, you know, and he's, he's still doing what he needs to do. He wakes up every day, puts his shoes on, of course, gets ready, gets gets ready for the day, and he knows he's got to do what he's got to do. And uh, he's, he's you know, probably one of those kids where I could see him doing that too. And he's a, he's a, he's a definitely a leader. He's, he's always coming up with bright ideas, and he's always trying to make people laugh. And he's just like his dad, you know. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we are. <laughs> well, I'm uh, hey, like father, like son, you know. And with that being said, Nick, um, I'm I'm gonna pause my questions for now because I don't know if Ray has any questions over there. Ray is like completely speechless after that story that you just shared with us. But uh, let's see if I could get Ray to get uh, go forward with this. Uh, you know, uh, so Ray, do you have any questions? Uh, anything you want to speak on with Nick Tendo? Oh uh, yeah, sorry, I was just getting my composure a little because I'm actually in the other shoes, Nick. I was actually a kid that's lost his father at a young age. So I'm at that point right now that it's like hearing your story. I'm tearing up a little bit. Sorry about that. <clears throat> no, it's okay. I'm sorry. But it is an honor again to speak with you, to hear your story, how inspire, how inspiring it is. I hope all the listeners that are listening right now prove that again, life is short. So take every moment, do what you have to do and just succeed at life. Because again, it is short. Even me now, Losing my father just made me push more even to start my career. I'm actually training right now to become a wrestler. So it's something that you have to take every moment and just take it like it's your last. So next Exactly. To- yeah, man. See, like, yeah, and exactly. honestly, I'll, I'll, like, as a father myself, I can tell you right now he's proud of you. Like, right now, like, you got to feel him within your heart. That, that, that loving feeling that you still carry within you, that's your father there. Don't ever lose that you keep it with you. And then like, especially when you get inside that ring, when you debut, you have your first match, buddy, you're going to do great. Your dad's going to be looking down on you thinking, Holy crap. My son is a superstar. And you got to hold that into consideration that like from that time forward, everything you do, everything you say, everything you live for will be for his memory. And honestly, I'm, I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? And for the brief moment of time that I've got to know you, I like, I look at my son the same way and I'm proud of both of you. And you got to keep pushing forward, never let up, and do your father proud. Thank you, thank you. Okay, now let me let me try to cheer this <laughs> conversation up because it's gone <laughs> I'm very low right now. <laughs> yeah. Ray, here's uh, some uh, tissues. Here, here. Got to get some. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, You're Nick, awesome. I man. usually always love to love to ask this question to start off the convos. Is what was that match or moment in wrestling that got you? Into it. What was that like golden moment? I usually call it. Like for a lot of people, it's usually Hogan slamming Andre or anything. 
What was that one moment? Actually, I remember hearing about professional wrestling as a kid, but never got to watch it because I don't know. Like I was, was too young to like learn how to like really be able to take the TV remote away from my older brother. So I, I like by the slim chance of it actually happening, um, my brother was, sw- was switching through the channels and he stopped on the USA network and it was in the middle of the feud building up to WrestleMania 13 between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. Ooh. And it was the yeah, it was the exact moment. And I remember uh, Steve Austin was confronting Shawn Michaels. He was chasing him up the the entry ramp as Shawn Michaels was leaving, and he like put his hand on him, and then Shawn Michaels hit him with like the the sweet chin music on the top of the ramp. So he, like he just like out of nowhere, and I'm like <laughs> that that guy just kicked the guy with the ponytail kicked the bald guy in the face. Why? <laughs> and then after that, I was hooked. You know, I fell in love with these two guys, Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Texas Rattlesnake. From right then and there, I, I followed that feud. They brought in Mike Tyson, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a big fight. They have, they have Iron Mike Tyson involved. They're like, how? Like, and I'm a kid. I, was, I think I was seven at the time when all that took place. So I was like, wow. And I made sure that we all watched it every single week. And then it was just Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw. And I was so in love with WWE. Uh, I call it WWE now, but WWF at the time that I never watched WCW only like when they came to Albuquerque, New Mexico and they televised it. So I was able to watch it then just because, Oh, it's in my town. I better watch it. And I just was like, who are these guys? Like who, what's going on? Who's sting, you know? And then like, um, this is weird. But like, I just remember watching it. Like I had to, like, I felt like I was obligated to because I liked it so much. And from then on, you know, I, I fell in love with, like, the feuds, the storytelling, and that was, like, the perfect time where that was the beginning of the Attitude Era. So right there, the controversy, I felt like I was watching something I shouldn't. It was just enthralling. Like, it was it was just, like, enticing. I was, like, I felt like a kid in a candy store. I was, like, I shouldn't be here, but all this is at my, like, disposal to watch. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh, look at the look at the divas. Like, look at these chicks. Like, oh, my gosh, like. <laughs> Look at look at Terry like look look at like oh my gosh look at Sable like oh my gosh I was it was amazing it was overload and right then and there yeah. from that point on like I fell in love with like the Undertaker you know and I was like oh my gosh he's ominous he's scary and right then and there man like boom from that one simple super kick you know from the sweet chin music to Stone Cold was the moment I fell in love with professional wrestling. Yeah, you joined definitely right at the peak of the Attitude Era sort of thing. Yeah, usually kids were like. Eh. This wasn't the best era to show you kids at that point. <laughs> it's like, exactly. This, but you can't turn away. You're like, no, but yeah, I have to keep watching. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I remember just yeah. watching it, and my my parents really didn't care. They were just like, oh, you're watching your wrestling. But they did they did care when I was trying to like do a senton bomb off of the top of the sofa onto the floor on a mattress on my teddy bears, doing my best <laughs> Jeff Hardy impression. So oh, they, that, okay. that there, that's when they kind of had to like put a put a little like. Hey, you know, you can watch it. Just don't do that anymore. You're ruining the couches. So. Yeah, we all did not listen to that disclaimer. Please do not try it at home. <laughs> nope, we all did not listen to that. We kept doing it. <laughs> now exactly. we do it today in an actual ring. <laughs> Boom. Oh, God. But to go off that question, I usually then like to follow up with, what was that one match you had that made you think, okay, I chose the right decision. I'm right here, and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I think it's, like, every single time I have a match. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's a bad match, like, 
I never try to pick favorites within my matches because I get too comfortable. I always have to be very, very critical with what I do in my matches, you know, and it's, you know, like within a lot of my friends, however, like, you know, that I've met, like within Arizona and Texas, you know, they've put on some matches where I happen to watch them and just think, oh my God, like that was amazing. And, you know, but even they would say the same thing. But if I had to, it was probably like, and you're probably going to guess right when I say that it when it was when I won the XCW Super Junior Heavyweight Championship because from that point on, that's where things really like started to take off for me. Like that's where I decided like okay, if this year isn't better than last year, then I'm going to probably stop doing it. Like it'll I'll just finish out that year and then just you know call it quits. And every single time I've had a match since then, you know I've had like. like not as many as others, but I mean, I, I like I think a good like 20 matches since that happened, like maybe 20 or 25. I don't work as often as I should, but it's been, <laughs> it's been better and better because I'm able to pick apart these matches that I've done and like, okay, I did this. Why did I do this? Or I'm glad I did that because I was thinking about doing something else or, you know, so I'm always like really, really evaluating myself and I'm, I'm probably my hardest, biggest critic. And honestly it's, but if, if I had to pick one, it was when I won that title because I, I very much showed my value to everybody involved. And, you know, it, you know, I just didn't feel right about a lot of things in that match. But, you know, like the moment it, it simulated into winning that title, sharing the ring with my son, you know, from that point on, I'm like, wow, this is what it's about. That's what it should be about for every single person getting into that ring, just creating moments. You know what I mean? It's not so much having a perfect match because, you know, there's a lot of good matches, five-star matches, but even those people involved in those matches would say, I don't know if that was my perfect match or if that was the best match in the world. But it had a lot of moments. You know, it's all, mm. I, to me, it's about creating moments. Yeah, it's definitely always the moments and the reaction of the fans. You always want to hear, as long as they're making something, they can boo it, they can cheer it. As long as they're having fun and making something, it's usually even John Zena. To quote him, that he's always the one that says it. As long as there's a reaction, you know you're doing your job right. Exactly. It may not exactly. be the best match, but it's still it's getting the fans involved. Oh yeah. That's what a lot of exactly. people I, I always you think about. It. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Um, to go again, I guess another question would have to be the gaming. Definitely, what would have to be your favorite game out of everything? Not even systems. Favorite I know game. George earlier was trying to pick systems, and like, yeah, I'm a PlayStation fan over here thinking. Oh, you had to say Xbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, like, honestly, like, if I boil it down, I'll keep it easy. Like, if I could go back and play a video game that I love so much, I've always been re- revisiting uh, Super Mario 64, you know, Ooh. and that's always been one. I thought like, Nintendo, actually, so it's, I, that it's, a, it's an awesome one. I love that one. I could, I could go back and play it, beat it, and then start it over, like, and it's something I could just pick up. Uh, I like it because there's no, like, it has very much a, like a story to where like, Oh, you have to collect these star- stars to rescue the princess. It doesn't have a direct narrative. Like, so you could go back to it at any time, you know, like where you feel like, okay, what happened now? Why am I doing this particular thing? You know, you could just pick it up and play it like at any time. And yeah. I like the old school games, you know, for yeah, NES. Everything um, has its own storyline. So it's weird. It's like, now it's all movie written. Like you have to do this and this and that. Exactly. It's no free roaming oh, anymore. Yeah. Like back in the day. Yeah. Yep. And then that was that because I've always liked the Nintendo 64. Um, they had a lot of good games. Star Fox, I love for the Nintendo 64. 
um, played a little bit of it on the Super Nintendo, but I fell in love with it on the Nintendo 64. Um, this it had an awesome soundtrack to like the video, like the, each level had its own like distinct music. So like they they worked really hard with that game. And I remember being a kid just thinking like, this is epic. Like this is great. Like I'm I'm a starfighter. Like I'm just like in a in a I'm in a ship shooting enemies, and it can and the controls were flawless. <laughs> I remember that was one of those other games that for me had a high replay value. And uh, of yeah. course you can't so you, you, you can't forget. <laughs> exactly. With yeah. The I gotta coming try out that soon, you might be happy with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I downloaded it on 3DS when they re-released it for that, and I was like, okay, I gotta have that. I gotta have it for these trips when I'm not driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely, I just love definitely. this conversation about the whole gaming. I'm sorry. I just. Yeah, it's it's awesome, yeah, man. I'll admit, I'm a game. The law is a gaming nerd over here, so. Yeah. I'm breaking cases here. The log. <laughs> I learned something new. Yeah. Wrestling, I'll be the biggest heel, but right here, I'm like, oh, gaming. I have to talk. <laughs> I learned something new about you. That's awesome. Uh, but definitely, definitely. Uh, oh, what's funny is I did remember that when you were talking about your finisher earlier, it was WWE 13, though, because it was CM Punk on the cover. Yep. Because okay, that's good, something good, good. I'll admit that I've owned them all, and I was remembering, which one is it? It's WWE 13. Good. So okay. Yeah, it was that, that one. WWE this, and then it became 2K, 2K, 2K. And now yeah. that's taken yeah. over by the 2K brand. Yeah. How crazy. And, and, and as a matter of fact, uh, sorry for interrupting your time here, Ray, but uh, I have actually two questions from fans right now that they want to actually uh, ask you uh, questions here, Nick. Uh, one question comes from Joe from South Carolina. He actually wants to oh. know. Yeah, yeah, he wants to know. Do you want your son to wrestle behind uh, after you? Um, to answer that as honestly as possible, um, hell no. <laughs> and the reason why is because like, uh, like just because like I have that safety for him. Uh, like, there's two two sides to it. I want to support him in anything he chooses to do, even if it is professional wrestling. But as a father, of course, being the father figure. I would like to see him pursue a degree in like criminal justice or become a physician or, you know, a person who contributes to everyday society in a sense where, you know, <laughs> he's providing a, like, you know, you know, the actual every day to day necessities that we need. I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't guarantee that anyone would live without professional wrestling. Um, you know, but I mean, I don't think anyone's going to mind if there's one person who decides to be a doctor within my son. Um, but to answer that very as lightly as possible, hell no. I want him to be a doctor. He's going to be my primary physician when I'm an old man, and he's going to give me back surgery for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a one like, yeah, I'd rather him not take bumps. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I wasn't surprised with your answer. Like, yeah, I know those bumps hurt. So it's like, yeah, I would do the same. And, Ray, so I blame you for this next I blame you for this next question, by the way, because you opened the floodgate earlier about this. Uh, I have also I also have a question from Wayne in California. He says that uh, he wants to know your opinion on the sexy star fiasco. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. I started that conversation. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like I had found out. Okay, I had found out about that. Like after it had happened, and um, I didn't get to watch it, but I did hear about that. 
What's weird is, though, is, like, I don't know, like, there might have been some sort of motive for her to do what she did, but that's no excuse. I mean, professional wrestling is a business where you get in a ring with somebody, it's about honor, respect, dignity, and safety. Your job is taking care of that other person. And honestly, like, within that being said, um, it's something that she should know, being almost a veteran within the business, especially of all places, Mexico, where it's highly regarded within Lucha Libre to, like, uphold these standards and you know honestly like i had heard that she's already she lost that booking with wrestlecade honestly good because you know she's got to learn her lesson somehow and you know she probably had a reason for doing what she did but as i said there's no excuse for it i mean if she was upset with something they said during the match or did something during the match you just you know just carry on like even i've, I've had people that i wrestle like shows with where they're like yeah, during the match, he tried to do this, so I chopped him really hard until he started bleeding. That was his receipt. And I'm like, but did it bother you that bad that he did it on accident? Like, I would like to see somebody do something on purpose to you. Are you going to kill them in the middle of the ring? Like, you know, that's what it is. And if anything, like, people need to understand that it's, it's, it's show business. It's, it's, you know, there's a big risk involved in many different ways. But the bottom line, first and foremost, the biggest thing you have to do is respect each other take care of each other, show humility. You know what I mean? Like there's no, this business is just too big for itself sometimes. And there's too much egos. And if that was the case, you know, that's probably why she just set it off and just decided, you know, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. But, you know, honestly, you know, she should have known better. She's an adult. She should have been able to just carry on through the match, figured it out later. But I don't know. And then I had also heard about Vampiro, uh, Vampiro, but Vampiro like hunting her down and, you know, making her apologize, which shouldn't have happened. She should have been able to apologize on her own behalf, you know. So there's two sides to that that I feel really have an issue with. I mean, and it just sucks that a WCW legend had to go and hunt down this this person and tell them, hey, did you forget to say something? Like like a babysitter. And honestly, like, you know, and I, I, I was a big fan of hers. And then honestly, like, it's not that I, I don't like, of course I don't hate her because I directly don't know her, but she lost a lot of points in like my book for respect because honestly, if she was ever booked on a show I'm on, I would, I would take huge caution for the person she's wrestling and, you know, bear warn them and tell them, Hey, look, take care of yourself in there, you know, do what you need to do. If she has any reason to do this, she's probably wrong, you know, and she really blackballed herself, you know? And, um, yeah, it just sucks. It's unfortunate that so many people, were affected by this and honestly I'm I'm just gonna pray for her. That's what I'm gonna do. Well yeah, she needs it. But uh thank you very much for all the questions from the fans who sent me questions over to our Facebook message. Uh by all means uh, uh we all appreciate it when of course you the listeners interact with us and interact with the guests. Uh Ray, do you have any more questions, comments? Oh yeah I have a few more just to end the night. Uh my next one definitely has to be speaking of triple A and speaking of triple mania and everything, Mr. Tendo, do you ever see yourself maybe competing for that stage? Do you see yourself, you can familiarize yourself with that Lucha style? Um, as a matter of fact, uh, the, the, one of the guys who trained me super chaos is very heavily trained within Lucha Libre. Um, he trained with the legendary hurricane Hector uh, Rincon, who was a family friend of the Guerreros who trained on a daily basis with Eddie Chavo mm-hmm. and Chavo Sr. So he, like, he trained me, like, the way, like, luchas were trained, too, kind of, like, just to cover bases. 
So a lot of the Arizona and especially in El Paso, the guys who wrestle, there's very, there's a lot of Lucha Libre involved. So a lot of my matches, if you watch closely, a lot of stuff I do is like consists of Lucha Libre background, but I kind of in, in, entwine some American wrestling in there, you know, like some, some traditional Memphis style wrestling in there. But I've always predominantly considered myself being a Lucha Libre trained. I just don't do it as much, but I can throw some Hurricane Ranas if I have to. And, you know, it's very... <laughs> It's very it's very manageable. It's not much different. I just know that they do right-handed tie-ups over there, and uh, that's something that yeah, uh, the a right, lot of people. Yeah, there's the right hand. I remember that. Yeah, they yeah, right. So over Ecuador, they all do that that lucha style. That it's the other way around. I'm like, okay, we can't do that. Yeah, yeah, that would have been yeah. gnarly. But I mean, just to have that experience, that's amazing, dude. Like, you know, and to, to the automatically that gives you like boom, that gives you like some big ups of going down to AAA or you know anywhere else like you know like like you know you know lucha underground you know what i mean so you know that that always yeah, gives definitely. you a venue there yeah they're uh they're actually as a matter of fact in general there's a there's a promotion in Juarez that i might be going down in october in mexico for and i'm really looking forward to that because although it's the border town of el paso it's an international booking so it's the first time i'm going international so i'm announcing it mm. here that if that actually happens, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I got my passport ready, and uh, it's just for the day. So <laughs> the next day I have to defend my title in XCW uh, in El Paso. So that's going to be a fun weekend. I'm going to be very close to the border here in the, in the southwest. So. Well, time yeah. to finish up your Spanish a little bit. Oh, see me. brush up the Spanish to go to Mexico because I oh, know yeah. the Lucha Lima is going to – Lo vas a necesitar. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh god. Most death. Yep. Definitely, definitely. Oh <laughs> uh, my next just two more questions to go. My next one definitely has to be where would you want to see yourself end up? What's that place that you want to see Mr uh yourself Tendo going at to if it's Japan, WWE, uh Global Force, who knows, maybe just to Triple A, somewhere around there. What's that last I would really I would really love to I would love for wrestling to take me to Japan. I, I plan to go to Japan anyway just to visit as a as a tourist because I, I just love their culture. I love their country. And mm. never actually having a reason to go was kind of like, uh, it's kind of daunting. I just don't want to go for no reason. But because now that I have this, like, this skill set, I could probably go up there and just talk to some guys while I'm out there for a week or something and train. So idealistically, that would be really fun. And uh, I think Japan finally, would be someone, there. Finally, someone answers Japan. It's always when I do these interviews, it's like, Am I the only one that wants to go to Japan? <laughs> I would love to go to Japan, dude. Let's go, dude. Let's jump on oh, some bookings. Yeah. Let's, let's go oh, hackers on plane tickets. You can ask George. Every uh, time interviews, I'm like, please, Japan. Someone say Japan. I'm the only just, one that just, wants to go to the dojo and do something. <laughs> book me a coach flight somebody, and I will go, and I will put over your biggest Japanese wrestler. I just want, to, I just want some sushi from the homeland. <laughs> Am I that desperate? Is that too desperate? That might be too desperate. <laughs> hey, anyone that is willing to book, I don't care what kind of flight it is, just book us. We'll go. You heard here, the Law Nintendo are willing to work down in Japan. We will work as a tag team. <laughs> uh, last question definitely has to be because I know our fans, when they hear the 8 bit and they hear Nintendo that we're making the joke about it, I know the dream match that has to be the question is would you ever want to face TJP? Mega Actually, Man I think that'd be a Nintendo. fun match. Like, a lot of my friends knock him for, like, 
allegedly biting the gimmick. And I'm like, honestly, it's not even an original gimmick. Like, I'm not even that mad about it. I think it would be a sick match. I mean, like, I'm very much a cruiserweight in my own aspect. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm a lean 185. So I think I, I think me and him could definitely tear down tear down a house, man. I really think we could have a really decent match. You know, you got TJP. You know, you got the you got the you know the you got the Apid Warrior, and then you got the you got the the, the Phil and Flash, man. You know, you got us. You know, put us in a ring together someday. That's something that's to look forward to. And the finisher is kind of similar too, because he does that detonation kick is his, and you do. Yes, yes, and that was a pure coincidence. <laughs> It's right yeah, here. Yeah, so the like I, in the making. So Vince, I also do like a right like now. a flip DDT. Yeah, yeah. So I saw that and I'm like, damn it. Like so, like I'm not. This isn't helping my cause at all. <laughs> but like fans were very receptive oh, because like they, but the for the people who knew about me first messaged me when he debuted on on Raw that one night and they were like, did you say did you say T J Perkins debut? And I'm like, yeah. Well, I heard about it. And then like they showed me his entrance and I'm like, I gasped. Like I was just like. Oh, yeah. Because I know that was an like, original gimmick. Because I've seen him in the Indies. I've seen him even at, over here in New York at House of Glory. So it's like, yeah, he's changed it up. I guess for the big league. But like I say, that could be a perfect dream match. Hey, who yeah. knows? One day for the in the two hundred five, we may see Nick Nintendo. Sorry, I was going to call you Nintendo again. Knowing the WWE, exactly. they probably would call you Mister Nintendo. Yeah, they probably <laughs> just change my name altogether. <laughs> They probably they probably uh, call me like Sagio Genesis or something. Got it. <laughs> hey, but as long as it's we know the original. It was Nick Tendo on Wrestle City Radio versus TJP. If it happens, I'm just gonna do the lawyer thing now and just ask for fifteen percent. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mr. Tendo, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna steal George's line and just say, promote yourself, plug anything you need to plug, where can fans see you now? Where can they find you on social media and all that jazz? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at at uh, at Nintendo Pro Wrestler. Um, exactly how it's spelled. It sounds the same way. Um, uh, Facebook Nintendo. Um, I shared the page here as well. And those are the only two primary social medias I'm on. I'm also on Snapchat. Um, you can find <laughs> me on there, uh, uh, <laughs> Nick Baca Dustin. That's my uh, that's my uh, that's my uh, alter ego name. So that's my uh, that's my Clark Kent, if you will. So uh, <laughs> just hit me up on there. I'm usually taking my son to school, hijinks with him, you know, and uh, hanging out with my lady friend. You know, we're just doing what we got to do. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you again, Mr. Tendo. It was an honor. Actually, before the interview, I think I just requested you on Facebook, so I'll definitely be speaking with you after this. It was a great time speaking with you. For me, thank you again, George. It's all yours, brother. Hey, uh, you, you're a thief, Ray, just to let you know. But uh, but basically, Mr. Tendo, I thank you so very much for sharing your time with us here on the show. I like I really hope that one day we could actually sit down and say, hey, let's meet up somewhere, like even if it's in a middle state, because, of course, Russell City Radio is growing by the day. But hopefully one day in the near future, we get to sit down and enjoy some coffee or something. That'd be awesome, man. And again, thank you guys for having me. And remember, hit me up, guys, if you ever need advice or need somebody to talk to. I, I can find a few minutes to send you, you know, a message of comfort, you know. So let me know. I, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. No, my pleasure, man. Thank you so very much again, Mr. Tendo. We'll talk soon, okay? We'll most likely have you again in the near future. Sounds good, man. Let me know. All righty. Well, thank you so very much, Mr. Tendo. We'll talk soon.
All right, you too. God bless everybody. You too. Thank you. All right. Well, guys, that was Mr. Nick Tendo. What? Listen. Oh my I don't, God! What an interview. I, 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 I don't think humble, dedicated, um, inspirational. I don't think none of those fit the bill for him. But if you looked it up in the dictionary, I bet you you'll find a picture of Nick Tendo right next to it. Because what a storyteller. That man, we were left baffled. Completely I have baffled. I to clap because that interview just, like I told you, I was breaking, uh, breaking up a little bit during the interview. I even told you before we got on the air, I'm like, oh, God, I don't. At the same time, I was wanting to do this. I wanted to ask the questions. I was ready because all our fans definitely do want to hear the story and hear everything. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, I may break down during this interview. And I definitely started waterworks, having to drink a lot of water during this because my, my, my system just broke down. But it was an amazing story to hear. I'm glad we got to do this. All you fans got to hear this. He definitely is a humble guy. Like I said, he does deserve more bookings. He even said that he doesn't get to work as much as he would like to anywhere. New York, I'm definitely going to see. I speak to the guys over here, get him a booking over here because he sounds an amazing, that cruiserweight style is needed anywhere. So it was yep. an honor to get to speak with him. Well, at least, uh, you know, uh, he did a lot better, or should I say, uh, you're doing a lot better than Kevin Gill. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not even going to go there, because I didn't miss someone. I didn't miss say any names, because, God, I don't, feel, I don't get mad at it, because, again, like I said, it's hard names when you don't speak the language, because, again, I would have a problem, too, saying Dr. Wagner Jr. with the, with the accent having to say names like that, but come on. Ray, There are so understand. many Americans. He was messing Ray, up, we, too. Ray, we all understand you're just jealous that Kevin Gill got to the main stage before you. So we all understand. There's no reason for you to get upset, okay? So, guys. Hey, I'm ev- on the main stage. I'm right here on Russell City Radio. Every week, you'll hear the Lost Boys. That's uh. what matters. Well, guys, for everyone here on Russell City Radio, we thank our guest here today, Nick Tendo. We, of course, welcome you to listen to us every Monday at 7 p.m., starting next week, actually. I believe we're back at 6 p.m. I got to check with our producer. But basically, every Monday at 7 p.m., and, of course, right here on Block Talk Radio, backslash Russell City Radio, and also like us on our Facebook, facebook.com, backslash Russell City Radio. Guys, we look forward to hearing you for next week. We'll see you and stay real. Good night, folks. See ya. Well done, welcome to the city. You become number one with the witty tongue. Let it go. Let it go. No, George. Fuck him. Let it go. Let Fuck it him. go. Fuck him. Fuck Mayweather. Wait. No, George, you did not just. God damn it. It was you this time, George. You <laughs> got, this week. got God you. Got you. <laughs> Come to the city.